Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation and a safe place. And as Pastor Caesar says, feeling pretty safe today. Feeling real safe today. Yep. So we are your host. I'm Pastor David. We got James here. Hey. And James, why don't you introduce our our special guest today? Today we got my mom. She got it all. We got man. Mama Nissen in the house. All right, yeah. I, and I was telling her before I don't get super excited about a lot of a lot of you know podcasts or whatever. It's one of those things we're kind of doing every week, so it's mm-hmm. just one of those things. Kind of excited about this one. A little bit excited. What Especially he's when to she say is, is when she says uh, less is more. That kind of <laughs> gets me excited about more is more on this one. Oh no! <laughs> we t- we told her it's uh it's good to it said the more you talk the better. And yeah. She, and I said she's been told the opposite her whole life. <laughs> and uh, anyway, well, she's gonna be welcome good. to the Refuge Project. Thank you. Thanks for coming by. It's great. We re- referred to you a lot over the podcast. Um, I know it's hard to be listening and going, oh, wait, I want to say something, but I can't. Well, here's your opportunity. Okay. Do you have any favorite ones that you can think back at? Um, Well, I liked Pastor Ron's. I liked that. His is always good. Everybody likes I like Kingsley's. Yeah. 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 Well, she's a a listener. Okay. You just testing her. Just testing her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I remember one time I hadn't listened and then... Uh, James was talking about how you can get free stuff off Amazon and it had been on the podcast mm-hmm. and I should have been able to say, yeah, I heard that on your podcast, but I hadn't <laughs> heard that one. And I felt like, wonder if he was testing me in front of the whole family. Was <laughs> no, I don't do that stuff. Okay. Um, okay. I'm not as petty as David here testing people. Oh, I will. I will test you. I'm just kidding. See your loyalty to the refuse podcast, the best podcast in the world. That's true. How yeah. many? Where where are we at now? How many? Uh, how Man, many places? Man, I know. I'll pull it up while we're talking. David likes um, to brag about them. So. Yeah, I like to brag about them. <laughs> we're all cool. over the world, countries and everything. Worldwide, worldwide podcast. Um, so how's how's the things been going? Yeah, today it's see it's been a what has been going on? Oh, okay. I'll tell you, this has been going on. The uh, you know, I bought the truck, right? Bought mm-hmm. the truck. It's been like a little over a month now, and when I bought it, you know, it's got some temporary uh, license plate on there, temp, temporary tags or whatever. Yep. And uh, when I bought it from the guys, they were like, uh, "Give us like four to four or five weeks to you'll get like the permanent plates, get the title, all that stuff, come in the mail." I said cool, and uh, the tag expired on July third. Oh no! And so that whole like few days leading up to that, I was like, hey, I'm texting, calling the guy, hey, still haven't got that stuff, about to expire, and the guy, oh, I'm so sorry, let me check on this, oh, let me call so and so. Long story short, I still don't have them. Uh-oh. Today is the 12th, so I haven't even been driving it because it's got expired tags. I've been driving the van again, which has been kind of, you know. <laughs> but uh, Fire! <laughs> but, and then, like, a light popped on. I was like, man, I got to get this. Anyway, uh, so I'm dealing with that. So supposedly sometime this week I should be getting them. But I've just been hitting them up every day. Hey, what's the update? Hey, how's it going? That's when, what you and uh, but the guy's stupid because when we went and uh, got the truck from him, like we went to his house, so I could always just show up someday, knock on his door if I wanted to. I mean, it's a good thing I'm not a bad dude because like I know where he lives. Yeah. 
Wow. He made a lot of mistakes while uh, <laughs> negotiating <laughs> for that truck. And I was just like, this guy's lucky. I'm just like a normal guy because he is messed up a lot. But yeah. uh, anyway, I've been dealing with that. So that's been annoying. Other than that, been going pretty good. My mom made us waffles and bacon and eggs today before we came over here. So uh, I'm all full with breakfast foods. Yep. It's Doing important good. breakfast. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I looked it up. And I, 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 we got to do some shout outs. So, um, so right now we're in 27 states in, okay. the, in the United States. Okay. Nice, nice. And 34 countries. Jeez. Not bad. 34. Not bad, good. Refuge Podcast What's, listeners. Does it say like what the latest one is? Yeah, we're about to look at that right now. So, this since we've had um, a Leo on, uh-huh. so we've really kind of stretched our legs a little bit. So now we're in uh, Germany's back, India, St. Lucia's. South Africa, Zambia, uh, Zambia, nice, Zambia, um, and then there was a couple others. Uh, we need to dip into those. So, but yeah, man, it was uh, looks like uh, we're doing some big things in the world. You know, very nice. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Honduras, Honduras is back. St. Lucia, as I said. So, yeah, United Kingdom coming in strong, strong in strong. the kingdom. Uh, hey. <laughs> um, Nebraska's still coming in. I don't know what's going on in Nebraska, but I didn't know y'all did a podcast out there. But in, <laughs> I mean, in the last couple months, we got 50 downloads from Nebraska. Jeez, Come on, man. Nebraska. Did you ever hit up your family or whoever it was? Yeah, they say they're listening every once in a while, but, you know, I mean, I it's guess that it, it, some of it is, but not like 50, you know? I mean, she that means that she's like listening to all of them three uh-huh. times, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> She could. I, don't I know, mean, but... she might be, but uh, shout out to Nebraska. Sounds uh, like she misses you, man. Yeah, ne- <laughs> Nebraska's <laughs> coming in. I mean, they're they're doing it big. So she, who's the she? My cousin Stephen Pierce mm-hmm. and um, and Dawn. They have a daughter, McKenna. Okay. she's an avid listener. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And she's she's perfect podcast age. You mm-hmm. know, she's like seventeen or something like okay. that. So, perfect. Yeah, she's she she meets all the the cool stuff. So. Um, but you know, she's in charge of like the, the, uh, the corn yeah. stand or for uh-huh. fundraising stand or whatever in, yeah. in Nebraska or whatever. So he's, he's saying it folks. <laughs> Shout out to McKenna. <laughs> Shout out to McKenna. Yeah. She knows what I'm talking about. I, I, I can't, you know, they raise money selling corn, the, you know, it's, these it's city Nebraska. Guys like David, they don't know. They don't know about that country. Life. No. So we were in, um, we just got back from Kalahari. I don't know if anybody's been to Kalahari before, but it's this indoor water park. It's basically, uh, it's basically what I can say it is. It's like going on a cruise with no water. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I you're just it. like, you're there. It's mm-hmm. got all the restaurants, it's everything that you want. One facility. Yeah. Water parks, game rooms, I mean, just the whole, the, everything. And um, so we were driving through the, you know, the hill country of, you know, Fredericksburg and, yeah. and all the, uh, all them, you know, out there. And there we just, we just come through this one town that was just nothing but corn. Yeah. And I was just like, let's pull over and just <laughs> pick some, you know? And Sandra was just <laughs> like, no, you get a shot. I'm just like, come on. You see all this, like, hundreds of acres of corn. I just want one. Did just you do one. it? She wouldn't let me. Oh. <laughs> I think one. that might be trespassing. Yeah, but it was like 
you know, 12 but feet off the highway. But you know, in the, the Bible highway. days, you could do that, that you were supposed to do that. Yes. You're supposed to leave all the edges for That's right, for David driving by on vacation. There is you that go. The, is that the rules now? Yeah. No, <laughs> that's how it was in the Bible days. Though. Yeah, now they'll try now to, like, shoot you or something yeah. for I mean, if, Corn's expensive these days. If I had a field of corn and I saw a squirrel steal one of my corn, <laughs> You'd blow it I'd off. probably shoot the squirrel. Well, it's a squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah, and I'd say these squirrels are eating all my corn. I got we got to get rid of these squirrels. That's probably a, sounds like my backyard. An issue, right? Eating yeah. our pecans. If you, I had a, a garden and a bunch of rabbits started eating yeah. just one of my tomatoes, yeah. right? You'd I'd have catch the rabbits. rabbits. Too. That's what my brother did. I was visiting my brother in Kansas. He has a nice garden, and we went for a walk in the evening. And we come back, and there's a rabbit. And what does he have to do? We all have to freeze. And mm-hmm. he runs in the house, gets his shotgun. Mm. Shoots the rabbit. Shotgun. It's kind of aggressive, right? Oh, yeah. well, um, I'm not big on guns, so it might it not have been wasn't a, a shotgun. shotgun. I'm not sure what it was, but he shot the it rabbit. It was an appropriately sized gun for the Okay. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but so if I had a field of corn and I saw yeah. a 50-year-old man grabbing one thing of corn, I'd probably have to put a stop to it. <laughs> is the point. You, would, you wouldn't shoot him. I'm not saying I would shoot the guy. but Okay, uh, well, first of all... <laughs> I'm not 50 I know, yet. I... <laughs> How old are you, David? 46. Okay. That's a long ways from 50. <laughs> okay, wait. It, what's the matter There's with 50? There's nothing wrong with 50. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not there yet. Okay. I'm usually the oldest in the room, by the way. Well, I definitely... Oh, my so, gosh. We get to, you can make old jokes to my mom no, today. No, I well, still can't. Okay, so... <laughs> did you say you're 46? 46. So I'm trying to figure out age difference. Okay, so... You've got math, Mom, you know. Come on, school teacher. Well, She's trying to show off here. Oh, well, I'm 59, fixed to be 60, so. Okay. Really? Yeah. In my head, you're still like 53. Oh, he's so nice. I'm not even joking. Well, really. I was trying to remember how old you were so when I first years, started. So 15 years, right? Isn't that 15 yeah, years? Yeah, 46 and 59, yeah. 15. Well. So when I started the church here, I was 21. Uh, 21? So how, so you were only. I was little. 11. I don't know. 21, you was 21, and 15? So, it's no, not 15. four, right? No, not that much. Oh, you were like 13, eight, y'all. 13, 59 minus 46 Thank is 13. You. 13, 13? That's okay. what I was, 13. 13, I was just trying so to remember 21 minus 13, there. hit me up. Eight. Eight. I was eight years old. <laughs> so did you have red hair? I had He's never had hair. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> He's always only had a goatee and a bald head. So, <laughs> so I know you can you can see a little bit of red left in yeah, the beard. Yeah, in the mustache. Yeah, the, yes. in the mustache. My hair was never that color. Okay. It was always kind of a dirty strawberry blonde. blonde. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I've only had red, red facial hair, which is kind of weird. Yeah, that's no, a bummer, man. Lots of people have blonde hair, red. Facial yeah. hair. Or yeah, I mean, there's plenty of serial Red hair, blonde, like facial yeah. hair. Shout out to all the my Ireland people out there. What about Austin? He's got strawberry blonde hair, but he's got... He's... His beard is... Yeah, I guess his, so. His beard's kind of red, right? He, I feel like he used to have more red hair everywhere. Yeah. It's gotten blonder. Maybe he's yeah. been uh, working out in the sun or something? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's, already. Like, he's, he's always He's only been, been gone for, like... Is he even gone yet? I know. Yeah. Well, they're... They are. Yeah, he's gone. They're having to live with the parents because the electricity hasn't been turned on yet. And as soon as it's turned on in the trailer, they're moved in. Well, shout out to Austin and Miranda. It was a good mm-hmm. season while they were here. Yeah. I was youth pastor when he came down here. 
Wow. Yeah, and uh, we got him plugged in, playing yeah. the guitar for us over there at the youth, and uh, he just kind of made himself at home, and now yes. there's a void with a, because he could play. Yeah. Anything, yeah. yeah. Bass, yeah. acoustic, so, guitar. So yeah. shout out to you guys. We miss you already if you're listening. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they listen. They're like they're kind of like in Nebraska now too, right? Yeah, I don't think they get they don't get service of where they're at anymore. Uh, anyways, let's jump right into Culture Corner. All right, mom, you're the guest. Go ahead, give us a rap. Go ahead, spit mm. some bars. Mm. You mean talk? No rap. Oh, rap? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> She's so old. Rap still means talking. <laughs> Let's does. wrap a Let's bit. Let's wrap friends. it up. We're, we're done. Yes. Our, we're done yes. already. We're wrapping it up. We were. <laughs> we just wrapped all night long. It was oh, so pleasant. Dear. Let me go first because go mine's a, yours probably a little bit more uh, lighthearted than mine. It is. Um, so I just want to talk about you know. There's been a lot of talk lately about abortion and the new laws that have been passed and different things like this. And it's disturbing to me because I'm seeing a lot of Christian people that are pro-choice. Oh, dear. Uh, and not just Christian people, but Christian pastors. Oh, dear. And I understand what they're, what they're trying to do and what they're trying to say. But listen, man, life is life. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't understand what this life is, it's a baby. Okay, and you can try to go out and you can try to blur the line, but there's got to be a line on certain things in our faith. And we don't do a whole lot of politics and a whole lot, a lot of that stuff here. But I think that as Christians, there's got to be a line. And there's there's some Christians right now that are not just stepping on the line, but they're stepping over the line when we're talking about abortion. And it's really disturbing to me how this generation is blurring the line on certain things. Um, so we're starting to see a lot of this stuff come out. And I just want to let you know, like, if you've had an abortion, you know, God forgives and yes. we can move on. And there's, there's, yes. there's, that doesn't have to keep you down and all those right. things. But we have to make better decisions moving forward. And this, this world needs the truth. And the truth is that this is a baby, okay? And if you don't think this is a baby, there's a documentary out there called The Silent Scream. And if you haven't seen the documentary, have you seen the documentary? No, but I would love to. See oh, it. I don't know if you would. I tried to watch I know it's it. It's pretty harsh, isn't it? Yes. Like, it, don't they show an abortion <clears throat> happening? They do. They show an abortion happening. And I watched maybe 15 or 20 minutes up until the abortion. And basically, they take a, a what do you call it when you can see the baby in the mama's stomach? Ultrasound. Ultrasound. They take an ultrasound of an abortion. Mm-hmm. And the oh, doctor gosh. that invented the uh, abortion. After he seen the abortion through the ultrasound, he changed his view on abortion. Really, that's yes, good. Um, because and, and then he had the, he was in this this documentary called The Silent Scream, and they show it, and it shows just the the instrument they they put into the mother to it's a vacuum, right? And they begin to vacuum the baby out, mm-hmm. and one of the most disturbing things that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And uh, I actually watched it, and I was alone, and I had to turn it off about 10 seconds in, and I just weeped, mm-hmm. and I just cried and thinking about all the lost lives and all of these silent screams that have gone on, a yeah. hundred million, I mean, a million uh, babies a year in America for the for since 1979 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And when you see it, it's the most horrific thing that you've ever seen in your life. And um, just talking to you know, our staff meeting today, Pastor Mark went over to the pregnancy center here in, in Pasadena, and she's, you know, she's now trying to, you know, talk to these young girls that are coming in there that are wanting to have these abortions, and she's having these ultrasounds with them and showing them their their baby and the, the heartbeat after just a few weeks, you know, the, and they call it the the gummy bear, and it's just a little bitty tiny, but it ha- it's already developing just a few weeks in arms and and, and, and legs, yeah. legs and heartbeats and those mm-hmm. things, and they're showing these moms that are thinking about having these abortions, and they said they they can take these ultrasounds and just kind of nudge the baby a little bit, and then and the baby will turn and kind of flare his little arm out, almost like it's waving at its mommy, oh my you know, and. Um, so I kind of Christians have to stand up. We messed this thing up one time in 1970, whatever it was, or Roe v. Wade back then. Um, but the disturbing part is, is the, the Christians that are stepping over the line and the pastors that are stepping over the line in the, in the name of love, mm-hmm. trying to love these mamas and trying to love on, uh, on non-Christians. But uh, there's got to be a line that like we have to step up in, in love and let people know like if it, if it, if you already done it, it's okay. God is a forgiving God and a, a mercy God and a God of love. But at the same time, we have to be truthful with this generation. Yes. This generation wants truth and often, yeah. off- authenticity. Yes, they want that. <laughs> I always look for James to finish my words and I can't say them. Um, and they're looking for that. Yeah. Yes. So we have to be able to do that when we're talking about abortion or history, whatever it may be. Um, so that's just my rant about it, man. We just really have to be able to love this generation, let them know the truth, let them know um, that there is things out there that the Bible says, look, man, we we want to do the... We, you know, our heart wants to do the, the the right things, but we end up doing the wrong things, and this is one of those things. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that natural bent of sin in our life that really draws us to do those things. Uh, and then, but what, what what I find out in, in talking to people over the last fifteen years of ministry is like if we hold people accountable, they'll hold themselves accountable. Yeah. Uh, when when Roe v. Roe v. Uh, v. Wade overturned there was an app that um tracks the women's cycle and for them not to get pregnant at certain times this app will well will... see there's the problem the problem is fornication there it's you go. one of the ten commandments and we gotta stop yeah. fornicating we having gotta... sex outside of marriage exactly and that i will... and i totally agree with that yeah but what i'm what, what my point was is like they'll take responsibility for themselves but they what they've decided to do is use abortion as Birth control. Yeah, and it's not. It's not birth control, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're taking the, the other 3 or 4% of incest, rape, and all that stuff and trying to hold a whole thing on a couple percent of yeah. what we should be doing. Yeah. Um, but anyway. incest is, isn't a reason to kill a baby. Yeah, I mean. Because in the genealogy of Jesus, there was incest with yeah. Judah. He, he was with his daughter-in-law. Yeah, what, I mean if that's incest, but you know, a lot. I mean, there's so many in the Bible. They they had sex with their daughters, and in the line of Jesus, 
So that that's not a reason yeah. to kill a baby. I I'm, no. I agree. This is not a pro incest stance. Just to <laughs> clarify, no, it's not. But listen, no. I think that no, I'm not saying that's an okay thing to do either. And, no, and, I'm not and, saying. And that. it's not just about a, and it's the, and this is the thing. It goes way bigger than abortion. I think that Christians need to stand up, and we do. Uh, uh, Christians are eighty percent more likely to adopt kids. Mm-hmm. So, um, can you? Yeah, can you talk about that? Because one of the points uh, pro-choice people will bring up uh, often is all the issues with adoption and foster care. They'll say, like, people will say, "Well, you know, you can put it up for adoption if you can't take care of the kid." And then they'll say, "Well, look at all the hundreds of thousands of kids every year that aren't adopted." And then they'll point to all the horrors that horrors that happen in foster care and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you could talk about yeah, that. Yeah, so, um, and that's kind of the direction I was going. So, that, you know, that's where we really need to focus our time on money. So if the, if, if the federally we're not going to spend money on abortion, then we got to fix the system. Yeah, We have to be able to take those, those dollars and allocate them, which is kind of messed up about what the current administration is doing. And I'm getting in politics right now, and I really don't want to do that. <laughs> Um, but they're now they're trying to fund that money to really help people travel across state lines to have the abortion still. Mm-hmm. So, but Crazy. what we have to do is we have to fix the system where we we can look a, a young lady in the eye and say, "Hey, you know, adoption is an option, mm-hmm. you know, and and yes. let it be a real option and not price it out for Americans to have to go to Colombia and have to go overseas to find a." Uh, find children when they're right here in the system in our own. There's Dicky Sporting Goods. I'm gonna call them out right now. They're 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 paying their employees to be able to travel across three thousand dollars to be able to travel across state lines if they're in a, a, a they're in a state that doesn't allow abortions. Why can't we take that money and put it in a system to fix the uh, adoption process in America to make it affordable? to make it easier, to make it more accessible to Americans to take these kids out of these bad situations and place them in good homes. And that's where we need to be looking as an American. Well, even deeper than that, we just need to look to sharing the good news and people getting saved. And instead of trying to find love through sex outside of marriage, find love through Jesus. Yes. And relationships with people in the church, we need to, I think that's the bottom line, is sharing Jesus, people getting saved. In growing up and not being baby Christians, yeah. you know, we need to grow up in Christ. And we do. We need to cling to His love, and then we need to be more loving sisters and brothers in Christ. Yeah. For so sure. then maybe they won't be going there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we yeah the the best way to stop it is at the beginning. Yes. You know, for sure. Bottom line. Um, one last thing: if you don't think this is real, there's certain states like California and New York that are now allowing abortions after birth. Yeah, yeah, they've been. So yeah. um, it was one of the disturbing things that I read that the doctor Terrible. told the mother that will keep the baby comfortable until you decide what you want to do. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just so it's just absolutely terrible. And this is all based on commerce mm-hmm. um, because um, the heart is worth so much. The lungs are worth so much, and if you can get this from a baby that's alive, it's worth so much more. Mm-hmm. And we're taking and we're putting a price on life, and life should be priceless. Yeah, it's giving to us for free, um, and it should be one of those things that God can give and God can take away. You know, um, and only God. 
And the, the, the thing is, there, these people are talking about, and I'm going to be done after this because I could rant on this for a long time, <laughs> that the other side of my stance is saying that we are taking and we're putting God, we're, we're acting like God by not allowing them to do this. Mm. But my stance is you're acting like God and saying you can kill or not kill a baby. Yes. Yeah. I'm done. That's, okay. I think that's good. Okay. And I had good. to get that off my chest, man, because I have we have a little bit of a platform here, not a, yeah. not a huge platform, but I think that we don't cover politics a, a whole lot, but yeah. there's certain things that need to be said. So I said it. Fair All enough, right. man. All right. Pro-life. Pro-life. Should we... Let's just go into the song, and we'll keep going. Does that sound good? Okay, let's go. All right. Um, I guess I'll introduce yeah, it today. Yeah, you introduce it. Nobody better. Yeah, why not? So, um... So me and my brother's band, Eucalyptian, shout out, this is a shameless plug. Uh, we got a new single coming out at the end of the month, and uh, so this is not the new single. But I'm going to play one of our songs off of our old album that came out uh, in 2020. And, uh, 2020. 2020, yeah. man. Which is crazy. Already. That seems like that was like last month, yeah. but that was... That's crazy. Yeah, two years <laughs> two ago. Two years ago. So anyway, here's one of our songs. <laughs> Keeping on. Yeah, I was saying he, uh, David said, uh, we came in there, he said, hey, you got a song you can play? And I said, uh, I said, I mean, I guess so. 
And uh, I haven't listened to these songs in this album in a while because we were working on new stuff and all. It was kind of interesting to go shuffle through some of these real quick. So how often do you listen to, to your music after you record it? Um, when I'm working on it, a lot. Because I'm constantly listening to the mix, uh, you know, listening on different speakers, trying to see what it sounds like, to know what to adjust and this and that and all. And if, you know, if we're still writing parts, you know, coming up. So a lot when we're working on it. And then shortly after we finish, I'll listen to it a lot still because I'm still kind of like, I've been listening to it. Um, but then once it's like out and done, I'm, I, I don't listen to it very much. I'll go back and listen to it every few months or something, but not very much. But when I'm working on it, it's like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I was listening to uh, Jelly Roll. Y'all don't, y'all, don't, y'all don't judge me. Y'all don't judge me. <laughs> I need a judging noise. Uh, but I think this young man is very interesting. Yeah. Um, he's started off as rap and really kind of doing some old rock and roll country type, type music now. Not Christian. Don't judge me. But I think he was, uh, it was this interview that I was listening to of him, and he was saying that he doesn't listen to a lot of music because he doesn't want to be influenced and write a song that's already been written yeah. because he was just listening to it yeah uh does that affect what you do at all uh yeah if i'm so if i'm trying to come up with a drum part for a song i'll listen to um i'll listen to bands or songs that have drums that i really like that i think are like the right style for whatever i'm going for for that song and so i'll listen to that stuff a bunch before i go to record it or if I'm trying to make sure I don't sound like something too much, I'll listen to something like that guy just said. But uh, but usually, like, I have the idea. I'm like, I want it to give off this kind of vibe, this kind of feeling. And so I'll go listen to music that's like that. That's, like, my favorite music. That's like that. Or my favorite drummers that play that kind of style or whatever. But I'll, I'll listen to it specifically because I'm trying to get this kind of feel out of it. So I'll, list, I'll cycle through a bunch of different genres that I'm trying to blend together to make the right. perfect. I'll be like, I need it to sound kind of like this guy, but if this guy played for this band in this year with, you know, like that, so I'll listen to like a little bit of all of those ingredients to come up with the part. And that really explains your music. Yeah. Because y'all were, were like a really uh, a funky type band where you have a lot of, um, you pull a lot of things from a lot of different eras and yeah. bands and, and uh, you know, regular rock to you know electric type stuff yeah. you know like i remember i was trying to one of the songs i was at some point i was trying to come up with some drums and i was like i want the verse to sound like a uh, a groovy thing there's this uh it's actually a houston band called Krungbin, and they do uh they're just like kind of really low-key groovy uh, stuff the drummer also like does hip-hop beats but he's playing drums and uh anyway so it's like a Anyway, I was like, I want to sound like that drummer during the verse, and then during the chorus, I want it to be like a really energetic rock kind of thing. I was, I was, I was like, maybe like a grungy old like Nirvana thing, and then during the bridge, I wanted to be so I like would go and listen to all these different bands before I would go record the guitar, the drum part or whatever to try to get the feeling right because drums is mostly about it's super technical and blah, 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 but it's mostly just getting the energy right with drums. Yeah. So if I can get in the right headspace, I can do it pretty good for sure yeah. debbie how proud are you of these guys man oh very proud i she's, she's i try a, not to be proud if, if god hates pride but <laughs> i'm so happy that they're using their you. gifts oh. and 
Yes, I would. They would use them even more and be totally. You can never, you never please these people. These people play on, you know, Christian music. But you know, my husband and I both listen to other stuff, not we just play Christian music. The so. worship at the church. You go I know, to every I know. Sunday. I, know. <laughs> I, just, I just want you to write more you Christian never, songs. You can never please these people. Yeah. And I loved, I loved the Sunday when you had your ukulele uh, and you did a medley of. Three oh, yeah, hymns. Yeah, 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 it yeah. was so awesome. See, I, I wish you'd record things like that, you know. Yeah. And I think there's, uh, you know, and, and I know, like, there's going to be some controversy about this, but I think there is, there's a space for Christians just to do music. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times, and, and I don't know, maybe this is me getting out of my, you know, old school, you know, Pentecostal thinking or whatever. But I think a lot of times, like, we push and push and we push, like, everything has to be Jesus, everything has to be Jesus, that we almost, like, burn Jesus out of people. Yeah. Um, so I think there is a space for us to be able to sit back and listen to something like you guys do and not have to worry about the cursing or the bad, mm-hmm. um, you know, foundation of, of the right. message and all right. those things, but still have a, a good time listening to music. Well, so. even yeah. the song we just played, um, it's not like a praise and worship song, you know, right. but it's it's a really positive, it like is. those things that we were saying in there are good things that mm-hmm. should be said. Right. You know, like if you read the Bible, the whole thing isn't, God is good, God is, it's not just all praise and worship. There's a lot of stuff in there that practical stuff where jesus isn't even involved in it where it's tons of different stories about different people and it just it's all needs to be said so just because it's not a praise and worship christian song doesn't mean it shouldn't exist or it's evil right um we need we need it all you know so i listened to um well i didn't listen to y'all remember tj ted jones yeah he was a huge influence in my life when i was a teenager yeah uh he actually um I just leave it at that. He's he just a huge influence. And I, and I was talking to him about because, you know, coming from a neighborhood that was a, back in my day, mm-hmm. Tell us um, hip-hop music was very, very different than it is now. It was yeah. very gangster, killing, hate the cops, mm-hmm. that type of music. So my culture was influencing me in one way, and then my church was influencing me in another way, and I was trying to really just, because, you know, back then, like, I mean, just KSBJ was just hard to listen to. You know what I'm saying? Especially for a young person. Now I enjoy KSBJ because I'm a little bit older, but for a young person that was trying to balance like being young and listening to Christian music, there was there was nothing in the middle. Mm -hmm. It was just like, you know, really hardcore Christian music or really hardcore non Christian music. Um but and I was asking him, like, how how do I balance this? He says, David, it's not about the the lyrics or the song, but it's about the heart of the people writing the song. Mm-hmm. And that really kind of stuck to me about like, there could be a like you, like you, I mean, you, you're one of the most faithful people that we have in our church, but you don't necessarily do Christian music, but the, the heart where your music is coming from is from, from a good place. So yeah. that's kind of the way that I see it is like, let's look who's behind the music and who's doing those and see where their life is. And yeah, that's kind of how I balance. And out it's not like I'm to. like refusing to write Christian songs. Like I've got all these Christian songs and I just, well, it's I just, we're just writing whatever, whatever comes out, whatever inspired. I've tried to sit down and write a worship song before. Couldn't do it. Not saying I can never do it, but I don't know. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't happening. And then you, you have your dad that was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot I was supposed to write this, yeah, this worship song. And they're like, I'll <laughs> yeah. just sit down Friday and just yeah. do it, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, I think it's but just... see, like I did that with I'll do that with parts of new music. I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta get this part recorded before Ben gets here on Tuesday, and it's Monday night, or whatever. And I can kind of sometimes do that if I'm inspired by whatever the thing is, you know. But uh, yeah, no, I don't know. You can do that with worship songs and praise songs, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't happening for me. Yeah. So what about your your new project? And I'm sorry, we'll get to you That's, in a minute. No. Uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit more. Thanks for coming, Mom. Sit quietly in the corner. <laughs> Do you, have you seen your new project take a little bit of different, maybe, as you grow? Has it, has it shifted your music at all? Um, you mean, like, lyrically? Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. I mean, there are, it's usually just kind of about stuff we're going through or yeah. experiencing or whatever. So uh, as I experience more life, we'll have more things to talk about. Yeah, I heard 50 Cent say the other day, it was really, it's really, like, they said, how come your music had fallen off after you got a little bit older? He was just like, nobody wants to hear hear about my experiences yeah. sitting in boardrooms anymore. Uh-huh. You know, when I was talking about the life experiences growing up, and people could identify with that, the streets yeah. could identify with it, but now that I'm doing movies and making all this money and sitting in boardrooms, like, how do you how do you translate that over rap? Yeah. You know, it's just, it just doesn't do well. Yeah, so. it's like the issue that a lot of bands or just, I guess, artists in general have where they make, like, their first album or whatever it is, and it's great, and everybody loves it because it was based off their life, like, leading up to that time. And then the next few years of their life was them just, like, touring, playing the album that everybody loved, and they weren't living a life that was inspiring the right. music they just made. So then they put out their next album or whatever, and it was like, it's not as good as the first one. It's not yeah. very good because the experiences were totally different. And so they, it's not going to sound the same, you know, because yeah. they're living a different life. And, and they're not living a life that most Americans or most people in the world can identify. Yeah, it's less relatable. Identify, yeah, yeah, relatable. Their first album was, you know, yeah. my, my Lady Left Me. And, the, yeah. uh, and everybody's like, My Lady Left Me Too, you know? <laughs> and then their second album's like, We Were On The Road Again. They're like, Well, I'm not on the road. I'm sitting back whining about the lady that left me. What's <laughs> Debbie, how how's music kind of just shaped your life? I know oh, that you, you sing and you play a little bit of <laughs> piano. Okay, and so... And you're a heck of a, a, a tambourinist. Oh, oh, yeah. No, um, so when I was a kid, well, my dad, he was a, a child, four kids, and there was three brothers, and his dad brought home a trumpet, a trombone, and a tuba. Okay. And he let the guys pick, and my dad ended up with the trombone, but he has real skinny lips, and I, I think I got his skinny lips. But anyway, so him and his brother switched instruments so he became a trumpet player so when he was in junior high he played first chair in the high school band and he went in the navy playing the trumpet so he was a big influence on me so when I was 12 and he was helping lead worship at this church we were going to in Midland he just decided me and my two friends needed to sing a trio in church one day and it was amazing grace and um he had me sing a middle harmony like in Amazing Grace on the hymn, you had the, the melody, and then you have an alto part, but he made me a part in between there, which is hard to hear, but um, it seems to be a gift in our family musically. And then my grandmother was an opera singer and played the piano, but my mom, it like skipped a generation. I don't know. She kind of wasn't much of a singer or anything, and so then... When I was growing up, my dad and mom just tried to make a music person out of me, and <laughs> and we moved a lot. So each time we moved, I tried something new. So let's see. Um, 
when I was in Kansas in third grade, they had me in piano lessons. And then in fourth grade, we could play instruments in school, so I played the clarinet. And then we moved to Texas, so I only got to do those two things, piano two years, clarinet one. When we moved to Midland, Texas, um, I picked up the cornet for junior high. I also played in a bell choir at the First Baptist Church. And I mean, I I miss the bell choirs, by the way. I miss those. Oh, I played Played handbells in in Midland, and then I played at Sagemont Church. Um, It was in choir. I was asked to be in the all-city fifth-grade choir, so I got to be with all these kids. And we sang this old song that's huge at Disney World. It's a it's a small world after all. Every time I hear that song, I'm in that choir in Midland, Texas. (laughs) Um, And so I did that. Um, And then when we moved to Houston, I had been playing the trumpet. So when we moved here, I was going to be in 10th grade. And I was walking up to Dobie High School to sign up for band in school because I was new. And this guy came out of the school and Oh, I just, he had red hair. No, it's just about red hair. But he he was kind of dorky looking, and he just. Whoa, 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 I, whoa. I'm sorry, I'm whoa. sorry. It was but all he, the hair. Yeah. He was just like all over me. Hey, hey, you know, my mom's right here, and he's like, hey, are you new? And she's like, yes, and I'm trying not to talk. And he says, are you going to be in band? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> he ruined it for her. He did. dorky red head. Shout out to all the girls I hit on. Oh, my gosh. I just said no just because of him. It was so sad. So then we go in the school, and my mom's like, Debbie, why do you not want to be in band? I don't want to be in band with him. And so then I went to choir, and then I was, like, singing on the stage. you found out they were even worse. Dang, this redhead absolutely ruined her musician's life. Oh, my gosh. And he he was, like, the guy in BAM, and he he became a singer. His name was Al He was first in all the chairs. He he was the drummer, (laughs) and, like, all the girls went, woo! And if he broke his drumsticks, they were all wanting his drumsticks. And I was like... Stay away from me, man. Man, you missed out. I did, man. I missed out. But I then so then I was in choir and I went to Sagemont. I was in the handbell choir. Then my dad bought me a guitar, so I started playing guitar. Did that for a couple of years. And wow. then I was in junior college and um thought I wanted to be a PE teacher, but I I was gifted musically, but I was fighting it. I wanted PE. Mm. So I um well, and first I was a hairdresser at a hair salon, but I didn't like it, so I went to college, which I was never, I never did well in school because we moved a lot, and I, everywhere we moved had a different accent, and I never got the phonics, I never, and and you, I didn't know how bad moving is for you until I've been going through this grieving process, and I've read this book about that moving causes grieving and it causes your brain to not be able to learn and do a lot. So every time we moved, it was a whole new world for me. I moved from Minnesota and they talked one way and the weather was freezing to Georgia and they talked totally different and hot weather. And then I moved to Kansas and they were, they're like these middle states that don't Mm. have much of an accent, which was helpful for a few years. (laughs) Then I moved to West Texas and it was all the, Hey, y'all. Southern accent again. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't do well in college. I mean, in school, but then I wanted to be a, a teacher. And uh, Sagemont had allowed me to do the PE for the vacation Bible school for three years. So I was like over it. I was a high school kid. Mm-hmm. I was over the PE. And so I loved it. 
And uh, so I wanted to be a PE teacher. And um, I went to San Jack. And uh, my second year, which I struggled with all my classes, I had to get tutors. I, I couldn't even write a normal sentence. I wrote run-ons. I couldn't spell. I mean, even Stacy. So in the middle of that, There's I met Stacy. There's hope for Stacey. me, guys. There's hope for me. <laughs> yeah, and he would. I would write him letters, love letters, and he would correct the spelling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How was it? I was about to wow. say that as a joke, and you said, for "Oh real? no, no, no!" Oh, that's Shout out so to my funny. man Stacy. So he's an man, English, that's bottom English, move right there. Man. He he even minored in English because it's so easy for him. He's perfect, oh you know, like perfect yes. sentence, red perfect pen spelling. It? Yeah, red pen did it. Put, <laughs> no, put like no, graded it on top. No, this one's about seventy six. No. You had too many run ons, and you got your commas the wrong spot. But Maybe so musically, time. then my mom talked me into. Um, being in this talent show at San Jack Central Campus. And I had just started going there. I'd been at South, then I went to Central, because it's taken me a while. <laughs> and I, my goal was to get an associate's degree at least and be a substitute teacher. And then, then maybe if I can make it to there, then I'll go on and be a teacher. Goals, life goals. PE teacher, yeah, you know. I'm on. thinking PE, you don't have to know how to spell. Yeah, kick a ball. A teacher. <laughs> Unless you're married to Stacy. Right, right, right. So I sing at this, this talent show, and he was in the talent show. He being, he sang a a, a dad, song. Stacey. He he being Stacy. Yes. Okay. And I sang, you know, a song in this talent show. Well, there's this Methodist pastor. The thing he went redhead. <laughs> no, he was totally brown. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's not that I don't like red hair. He just That's, happened. It's to have fine. Red hair. You cannot like red. Hair. I like red hair. Cool. But um, I'll just take my tears home. Yeah. But then that's kind of how we met, and then uh, we we were both asked to sing in this choir, and we went to Germany and Austria, and we sing at the Kiwanis Business Convention in Vienna, Austria, mm. and then we had our first date in Salzburg, Austria. Well, how romantic is that? After our Sound of Music tour that day, wow. then we went and got pizza, which was not a good idea because it was all in German, and even though he'd had some German in high school, we ended up with like green beans and. On your pizza? On our pizza. You should have corrected him with the red pen oh after that. Oh my gosh, it was it was not a good pizza. Come on, Stacy. We Those just Germans like, are like these stupid uh, Americans with green beans. Yes, it was corn. Customers always right. I guess. Oh, it was all weird vegetables, and I was not a vegetable eater. That's why I always when I go there, I like somewhere I don't know, like talk to the waiter. Hey, yes, man, just like, yes, we should have done that. Tell me what I want. Yeah, but he yeah. was trying to show off to me that he knew his German, you know. <laughs> He's like, put we'll green beans that. on and the pizza. I think this is <laughs> this and that. And he he's even said it in German, you know, for them. All right, Stacey, you got to come on the podcast. <laughs> the the waiter's just taking the word like, nine, nine, nine. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. Oh. Green, green, green beans on the pizza. But the best, and the, the mozzarella. <laughs> so we, so we started dating, and then I was singing with them. And the first time I'd ever experienced a standing ovation, we were singing together this song, "More Than Wonderful," at a adults camp one that summer, and we got a standing ovation, and it was like, oh my word. <laughs> They and weren't standing for your chime concerts? No, it was a singing. It was crazy. And then, you know, we would sing at Elam, and we would sing for the Easter pages and stuff, and it was just the music back then was the type that built, 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 and then Ooh. it's like ends in this high-pitched note, and, and it just brings the mm -hmm. crowd to us. Yeah. You know, it's just like very moving music yeah. that just really moved you, I guess. But So that drew us together, even though we're total opposites. 
total awkward. Okay, so I gotta know. How did he propose to you? Um I don't think I've heard this either. Okay. Why well, have I not heard this? I should I don't have heard know. <laughs> you probably heard it, you just don't remember. Okay, let's get there we go. I mean your parents' romance is not you normally any, like I mean, so, I knew that they met on the trip. Yeah. And all that. I, I know he took me out to eat. I think he took me to the old San Francisco Steakhouse. Okay. You don't even remember? Must not have but been I'm not good. sure which, which place Dad, it was he took me. Remember. But what I do remember is after yeah. we were done, I was house-sitting a lady that lived in Green Tea, which is a very a golf course neighborhood. Mm, the over ones with all the Christmas Fairland. lights back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so he took me home to that place, and then he came in, and he got on his knees, and asked me to marry him, and I said, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like my, I might be like my mom. So my mom was bipolar, and she was in and out of hospitals my whole life, and I was scared that I was going to be like her. He's like, no, you're not going to be like her. But Wait, she, y'all knew she was bipolar that whole time? My whole life. In my head, I don't remember ever hearing about that till she was older. I felt like... Yeah, we didn't tell you until we had to. So y'all just didn't tell me. Okay? Yeah. yeah. And then a lot Which of I times, guess. the older you get, some of that stuff just really starts to... Yeah, I yeah, thought I that guess. was how it was. Been a little bit more obvious. Well, really, it was that way with me because it didn't click in my brain until I was like 16. But through the years, every time we moved, that was another reason for moving was my mom had had a spell and lost it, mm. embarrassed the family, you know, the neighbor and everything. So we'd move. But well, my dad's moved. job also was a moving thing. You know, yeah. like if you moved, you got to, you moved up. Right. First, he worked for Boeing Aircraft. He was electric, electrical engineer. So that moved us from Minnesota to Georgia to Kansas, uh, Derby, Kansas. And then he lost his job. And then we went to Independence, Kansas, and he started working for oil companies. And mm. then they moved you, too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Wow. But, said, but I was like, no. And he said, no, you're not like that. And I said, well, Okay. So then I said, okay. She tried to talk him out of it. I did. I tried to talk him out of it. Wow. That sounds like you he had was a spell determined. right there. You don't want to marry me. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to be crazy like my mama. Yes. Just put her, probably put her hand Yeah. In. No. And, then, and turned her head. <laughs> I can't even look at you right now. Her wrist. But, but he, so then he went and asked my dad the next day. And I was like with him at my dad's office. Wait, so you've already said yes what? now? Or yeah, you I said still... yes to him, but he felt like he needed to ask my dad. What you... Oh, wait, he talked to the dad afterwards? Oh, maybe he did it before. I he was remember. just like, no, you don't want to marry her. She's going to be dad just like was, her mom. If dad was in the room right now, he'd be so frustrated. Yeah, <laughs> he <laughs> would. We were that never... is not how the story went. <laughs> it was not as like San Francisco Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's always like that. We always remember everything different. And do we all do noise, that? He'd make this noise. <sighs> I... <laughs> Well, I never remember anything, so I have to take her word for it. Oh, well, I'll remember it one way, and he remembers it another. And I realized it's not that he's lying. He really remembers it differently than me. It took me a while through our marriage just like, let it go, Debbie. Just yeah. let it go. Because I would find out from other married couples that they have the, the same, same issue. Yeah, it's the like same the man thing. remembers these things, and the woman remembers these things. Or, and then they'll remember major things differently. And well, it's you, like, oh, well. Well, they're all already like <laughs> yeah. in crimes and different things like that. They're, uh, they're saying now that like in uh, major events that happen in your life that your memory is not as good as people think it yeah. is. Yep. So a lot of people have been accused wrongly. Yes. 
just because the people remember it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, a big event and your your brain tries to protect itself yeah. from certain things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you remember it different. So, I mean, that's probably the yeah. same, the, kind of the same process. Dad's trying to protect himself when you said, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> His brain's like, go into recovery mode. <laughs> Uh, we got to have Stacy on here to come tell his side of the story. Yeah, now. his side of the story. It'll be m- way more long. That and podcast, more yeah, it'll be five hours long. Yes. Right. Long. We'll have he, to clear the day he, for him. He drags out a story like nobody I love misses. listening to his stories, though. Yeah. He'll come up to the sound booth in the mornings. You know, he's supposed to be getting ready for the choir, and then he'll end up telling us everything that, you know, whatever. But story time with Stacy. Well, yeah, That's I heard say. that he told the whole church about my my little paddleboard <laughs> trip this last week. And I. I well, he just I said that. that that's where you were. I was like, don't. Oh, was it the early service? Yeah. Oh, I missed it. She wasn't oh. there. I heard okay. him say on, I think, five different times that morning, like before services even started, uh, to different people, Debbie is paddleboarding with <laughs> Kelly Anderson. And Caroline Wolbert. What? And it, you know, <laughs> Kelly Anderson. <laughs> like, yeah. And he always say it slightly, <laughs> like he's almost confused and can't believe it. Well, Every time. He said it like five times, still couldn't believe it. And get this, Debbie is paddleboarding <laughs> with Kelly Anderson. I would pay to see Brother Stacy in some Bermuda shorts on the oh, paddleboard. Yeah. But that, what he said, he doesn't get it. He said, he, he said like four times, and then service started, and then he said it before uh, song service started, and by the way, my wife's not here because she's paddleboarding with <laughs> Kelly Anderson. And they, uh, uh, I, just said, know, I just want to know if it's the paddleboard or Kelly Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with Kelly. And, oh, and he, uh, it's just his way of making it interesting. But he said, he said, I'm, he said, I don't know. He said, Why would you want a paddleboard? We have a boat. And uh, that was the whole thing. He said, He said, Why would I spend five hundred dollars on a paddleboard? It was I have a boat. Dollars. It was forty-five dollars. Oh, that's that's forty-five. Like, he added a zero. He definitely said five hundred. Maybe he was know. thinking about the whole trip and everything. Yes, the whole trip. Yeah, because he had asked me before we left, well, do you have any money? You know, he gave me all the questions like a dad would. You uh-huh. know? And he says, do you have any money? I said, yeah, I got oh, out. Get cleaned underwear. Four hundred fifty. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he gave eat? me more money. And then he was, then when Caroline got there, well, right before she came, he says, because she and I rode. Kelly was already there. He Kelly says, Anderson. so are they going to have their guns? And, no, he says, does Caroline carry? And I said, yes. And he says, are they going to have their guns? And I said, yeah, I would think so. And she comes in the door and he says, so do you have your gun? And she says, well, no, I didn't know if it would make Debbie feel uncomfortable. So here he comes out with his pistol. Okay, here <laughs> it is. Take this keep her safe. Yes. <laughs> gives it to her here. Here, and here's how you, he shows her it's how like to load it in the It's like a teenage daughter that's yeah. going off on it her is. first date. Which is, <laughs> which is Have her home funny. by 930. Yeah, right. yeah. Which just is extra funny because Kelly Anderson was a cop yeah. for yes. decades. Or yeah, not just a cop, but like, you know, a bad cop. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, a drug, not, be, a undercover, yeah, drug like, undercover. Cop. Like, yes. she'll be good. You'll be fine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. When we go in restaurants, she always has to pick out her seat first because uh-huh. she has to have her back to the wall and she has to be able to face the front door mm-hmm. and everybody in the restaurant. And she always has her gun. Yeah. But Caroline was good about it. She took our pistol. So how many Put people did y'all seat. have to shoot? Uh, none. 
Oh gosh, Shut we up. had the whole lake to ourselves. We went to Moderna. Well, when you shoot all the people, there's not many. Yeah, when you carry guns around like Texans, <laughs> they, were on, like... they were on their paddle boards with their hey, AK-47s, yeah. hey, just paddling around like. No, like it's some Russian mountain somewhere. Oh, brother. That's hey, we, we where just else could you be when somebody comes to pick your wife up? You're like, hey, did I bring y'all's guns? Yeah. <laughs> Only Texas, Only right? Texas. <laughs> oh, no, let me go get you four. Yeah. Just in case. That's oh. us. That's our family. Yep. Four-hour drive. You want to make sure we could shoot somebody in case they try to hurt us or anything. It's a good call. But uh-huh. they, everybody realized that I was not to have a gun. I thought I wanted one for a while. The noise bothered me, and I was like, okay, no, no. That's probably a good call. So Kelly informed me the best uh, protection at your house is to have wasp spray Mm. by the door or or back from the door where you can spray them from a distance with the wasp spray in the face. I bet that would feel really bad. So that's my defense. I always have wasp spray. Wasp spray. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Fair enough. What about a bunch of wasps instead? Yeah, hey. I do. You we got, do have those around our house. I got those too, yeah. <laughs> you can't train them. Go after that yeah, man. That's, that's true. Sick them. <laughs> I hate wasps. We do too. Anyways, where are we at? We're just... I just feel like Stacy needs to be so here say, to like... Uh, <laughs> so we're at... Uh, they finally got married, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I, they ain't talking about the wedding yet, no, so, but it doesn't matter. So you, they've been married for Music has a been a big time. part of your life. Yes. And, uh, you know, and Worship then, God. But I personally, music-wise... I felt as a teenager to totally commit it to God. So I would never sing uh, secular music. Mm-hmm. And my dad had a band that they played at weddings and did all these wedding, wedding things. So he was a wedding singer? Well, he wanted me to join their band and be the lead singer, but I wouldn't do it because they sang worldly songs. So, she's like, he no, liked, Dad. For the reception. I'm not singing it. And then Ron and them wouldn't let his band play at our wedding. We couldn't have a... Oh, that's He's the ultimate wedding singer, right? Yeah, basically. Ron talking about Pastor Ron for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, like, you had all this, like, uh, influence in music, and then you married into, like, the, the music, music family. Yeah. yeah. I was so honored that I got to sing with them. Right. I mean, I got that. And Stacy, man. Duet yeah. time, man. Now He we... just put you to work, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's going to be awesome just, like, just to have a family that's just, okay, oh, yeah, y'all want to sing? Like, just everybody sing. Oh, well. They're like, hey, y'all want to sing, David? Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of y'all. Mm-hmm. You know? No. Really? Oh, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> so do you have older brothers and sisters? I have an older sister, Carrie. Oh, yes. Um, and then I'm, that's that's it. No, then my, in high school, uh, my cousin, Stephen, we talked about earlier in Nebraska, I moved in. My parents mm-hmm. raised him for four or five years. Did he have red hair? Nope, he didn't. You probably like oh. him. Oh, <laughs> no, he had brown hair. Well, I just remember in the old building, and I thought it was you, and it was long red hair to yep. about here. Mm-hmm. That was me. It was you, yep. and you sat by yourself on the left side next to the wall. Probably, yeah. Yep. They was probably trying to keep me and Wade separate. Uh huh. Yes. Because we always got in trouble together. Yeah. I remember getting called out um, because the youth in that time sat on the first couple rows up on the. If, yeah. you're, if you're looking at the stage on the left in the front. Yes. And uh, I remember talking, me and Wade was talking, and, um, you know, Pastor Ron was just like, uh, that's enough, boys. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, he'll man. call it out, man. Right there. You know, and that wasn't a big yeah. sanctuary, sanctuary no. or nothing, so everybody knew it was you. Yeah. <laughs> and then it didn't work, so the next thing I know, here comes my Uncle Steve. 
sits yeah. right down in between us, no room for him. And <laughs> we he just says that and then he goes, uh, thank you, Brother Steve. And I knew <laughs> I was dead when I got home. So were you do you remember what happened? Yeah, my mom told my dad and then uh my dad didn't go to church, but he made sure that we went to church and that we behaved in church. Mm-hmm. And uh I never talked in church after that. <laughs> I just remember you always sitting by yourself on the left side because we would turn around and shake hands. And I remember shaking your hand. You probably don't remember me, though. But I, I don't remember a lot of anything. Yeah. yeah remember do you much. remember us doing the Easter pageant? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Do you know what I do remember is what? Herky singing her songs. <laughs> oh, yes. On the organ. <laughs> yes. That was they my favorite. Always so funny. Oh, yeah. She has oh, some great songs. She did. And she's so serious and somber faced, but there. Yeah. It was funny. I remember Always. that. There's some like major things that I do remember uh, from the old church. I remember the uh, the pew collapsing. Yes, during the Christmas. We were yes. just fixing to start our Christmas cantata, uh-huh. and that whole pew went, boom. Yeah. Um, I remember, what was the prophet's name that Don, was it Don, heavy set guy that come in and would read your mail? Yes, uh, mm. uh, Bill. I thought it was, uh, I don't know. What's I re- at me. Yeah, I remember that. Joe uh, Wright. Joe Wright. Joe Wright. Remember Joe Wright? Don yes. Bill. Joe Wright. No, Joe Wright was amazing because yeah. you know stuff about people and there's no way he could know it. Mm-hmm. And he would go prophesy to them and, and it would encourage them and it would make me cry because it was right on. You knew he was on it mm. every time. I was dating this girl and I guess we had to be in eighth or ninth grade and uh, her mom came to. To it, and she was just like not really religious, but if she was anything, she was Catholic. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he started his thing yeah. or whatever. And I was just like, why does she invite him on this day? Like yeah. any other day, <laughs> but this day, you right? know? Yeah. And he told her because he would always say, "Stand up." Yes. And she was just like, "Nope." <laughs> she went, she sh- kind of shook him off, and uh-huh. then so he kind of like turned like to just to go on, not to embarrass her or anything. Yeah. And then he went right back to her. And I guess the the Lord said no, speak into her life, and she he started speaking into her life, and I was just like, oh my gosh, and it really changed. Like she didn't start going back to church, but it her the way she lived her life changed because she know? he made you feel like God sees you. Yeah, He knows everything about you, and you're special. Yeah, He wrote me a letter like so. Um, I don't know if James knows this, but we didn't really plan any of our pregnancies. (laughs) They were all surprises. Man, that's a lot of surprises. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But anyway, I just remember. Like 17 and counting or whatever. You know what? I think it was with James. We had Ryan and Garrett and and here I am pregnant again. And um, Good old Baptist girl. Surprise. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Joe, and I was, I was, I was, we were always nervous, upset about having another baby mm-hmm. and um he knew it and he was he wrote me this letter and it just gave me such peace and encouragement it was so good and just what a blessing the kids are and and then he spoke into me and then he gave stuff. you james oh, yeah, james. yeah yeah thanks joe right yeah joe yeah gave so you good piece of james yes every time there you go he was an awesome man i really yeah. miss him what was some of the, <laughs> some of your fondest memories about the old church Sunday night worship because Sunday. we had the choir at Sunday night yeah. and it was like Sunday night. Everybody came and was excited to be there and worship was really, cause I, I had grown up in Bible churches and we didn't worship like that. We just sang hymns. Yeah. And when I went to Sagemont, we sang hymns, but then I had 
a choir came through called Festival of Praise, and they were Assembly God Choir. Why Sagemont had them come to our church, I don't know. But I signed up, and then I went on tour with them and sang in all these Assembly of God churches, and my eyes were open to speaking in tongues and prophets and all this stuff. And I had this one guy, I'm pretty sure he was an angel. We were in the foyer fixing to go in, and this man in a bright plaid jacket came up and started talking to me, and my friends in the choir kind of turned around and started talking to other friends in the choir. And so it was just me and him. And I had been praying, God, you know, am I supposed to receive this Holy Spirit thing? Because I had been taught you could be cussing in tongues. You know, if you're speaking in tongues, you could be cussing, and you should never do this, you know. So I, I was, I had a barrier up against the whole tongue speaking thing. And and so uh, this man came up and he said, Ephesians, oh now I forget, but you are not given the spirit of fear, but of love and peace and a sound mind and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, because I always had a fear of a sound mind because of my mom and fear through my life. I was always afraid of the dark, but I think that's because I moved a lot. And it was always a new place, and it's new, everything mm-hmm. new. Plus, I think we watched The Blob. That I don't know if you ever watched The Scary Blob. but <laughs> It's this not is, so scary, Blob. I know. It was an old, scary movie, and it was like they this the blob. black blob would get under your bed, and then he'd, it'd crawl on you, and you'd disappear. You know, it'd swallow you. And then nice. he'd blob in your closet. So I was always scared of <laughs> blob in the closet under the bed. and um, but, <laughs> but I remember... Like during that time where I sang with that choir, it was like, I got to get a grip of this fear thing. Right. You know? Speaking okay, this, tongues at this blob. Yeah, yeah. And this sound of mine. And, and so I, um, I remember being in my room and um, I think I was 16 or 17 and I was in bed and I was getting scared. Like something's in the closet, something fear of dark shadows. And I was upstairs, mom, dad's downstairs. And um, I had learned that you need to speak the name of Jesus where I'd never been taught that in the Baptist church. But I guess at Elam or with this choir, oh, it was with the choir because it was before Elam. But I remember them saying, if you speak the name of Jesus, that fear will leave. And it took everything. Mm-hmm. I was so scared to try to get it out, you know? It's like those nightmares where you can't yeah. speak or scream. Uh-huh. And I was like, Jesus, you know? And then, <laughs> then I'd say it again. And then I'd say, and then I got braver and braver. And then it was like, Okay, I am not going to be afraid anymore in the dark. I just have to speak the name of Jesus. I'm fine. Awesome. It's all good. My parents taught, uh, my, well, my mom taught us to sing Jesus Loves Me. Yeah, there you go. When we were, we were scared, and she's just, just go, and, you know, everybody yeah. say, you know, count sheep. My mom would just say, just sing Jesus Loves Me until yes. you fall asleep. Yeah. The Lord will take that fear away. And I still do it. Like, yeah. if, I get in, if I get in moments <laughs> where, like, the, the world's, like, over, like, coming me, and I just feel the yeah. way of the world, and. I just found myself sitting yeah. at a little eight-year-old boy in my bed singing yeah. Jesus Loves Me. You know, just, Yeah, music. Yeah. It, it's powerful. Yeah. And I, I remember singing in my room to, well, I listened to Christian radio. And back then it was called KXYZ. Yep. And I would sing with these old-time singers, Dallas Holmes, Evie. And I'd be in my bedroom just pouring out, singing and praising God. And one day I fell out on the floor. And it was like this most <laughs> peaceful Wonderful feeling. I'm just laying out. As a Baptist? As a Baptist. (laughs) I was laying out on the floor. Glad they didn't find out. And I just laid there and the music's still playing. I'm just laying there and it's just such a peace over me. I felt the Holy Spirit. I felt God. You know, not really uh, 
not knowing it fully until I came right. to Elam. And then when Pastor Ron would preach and preach about tongues and stuff, I finally got to the point where I let go. Yeah. And wow, what power speaking in tongues. Mm. Oh my gosh. Like I could burn my finger at home and I'd start speaking in tongues and praying, in Jesus' name, be healed. Be healed, you know? And with my kids, they get sick. In fact, with James, one of the miracles that happened with James is he was so allergic to animals. Yeah. And we didn't have any for a while. And um, he would go to Janet's house, and she had cats and dogs. And he would start that coughing, mm-hmm. coughing, coughing. And by the time he get home, he like need medicine. And yeah. and so Stacy bought me cats, and he started in with the allergic thing. And I, after two weeks, I thought, I guess we need to get rid of the cats for James' it was sake. A rough couple weeks. And Ben says. No, can't we just get rid of James? <laughs> no. We're like, oh, brothers would be uh, brothers. That was, no. I'm pretty sure that was Garrett, not Ben. Oh, but. maybe it was Garrett. Yeah, That's funny. And, um, big so brothers then, would be big Yeah, so then I would give him allergy medicine, and it worked. But then my husband's like, are you going to give him allergy medicine for the rest of his life? I was like, no. And so we prayed, and then he, he stopped being allergic. Yeah. I think... I'm still allergic. He is a little bit, but it was, but it wasn't the big time coughing, the red scratchy eyes. Yeah, and we didn't let the cat go in your room, Mm -hmm. and I think you didn't pet pet the cat. Did you pet him? Yeah, I just. But he didn't have the symptoms anymore. He was healed. He um he's infatuated with animals. I mean, (laughs) he always had these animal stories and. Uh, half of our right, half of our refuse projects is us it's talking about, about different animals. Yeah. That's true. It's just you know I don't want their fur all in my face. That's all. <laughs> I don't but want it was, on the pillow. That I he was highly on. allergic to him, and he's not anymore. No, I'm still allergic, just a bit. But I, that whole situation was fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We could actually yeah. keep I'm allergic the cats. to cats too. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah. you get the itchy eyes yeah. and coughing, sneezing? Yeah, my my mom has a cat, and uh, we've never had cats in our. You know, forever and ever. But one of the storms that we had uh, after the storm, like a hurricane storm, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, storms in Texas are yeah. storms. Yeah. You know, right. it's not like the afternoon just thunder showers no. or whatever. But yeah, a hurricane <laughs> or something like that, or the whole city floods. Yeah. One of, after one of those, um, they heard some a cat crying, and it was, they had this burn barrel in the backyard. That's how we do it in Texas. That's we right. just burn stuff. Yeah. And and send our women off with guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And And they started hearing this. There was a cat. There was a cat. It was a whole litter of them. And I guess uh, the mom ran off, maybe scared of the the whatever. And and we had one baby that didn't die. And uh, my parents took it. And so that's the first cat we ever had. But now, you know, they live on the same property behind our house. And I'll go to their their house for a couple hours. I'm like, man, I'm sorry. I got to go. You're going to come visit me, Mm -hmm. you know, because I started getting the itchy eyes and all that stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. That's rough. I mean, I guess all that's made me hate cats, but it's not their fault, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's cat lovers' fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so moving in with the the Nissans or marrying into the Nissans. I mean, I, I feel like that that can be like great pressure at times. Yeah. You know, because I mean, and I, and I know like. Yeah, everybody knows everything about us. That's and then it doesn't help when he tells the whole vacation story <laughs> from the pulpit. And I didn't like I didn't Paddle like that. Paddleboard. With Kelly, Kelly Anderson. Anderson. But I mean that was his dad did that in the old church. Yeah. Remember? It's uh-huh. always every time we got back from vacation. And when we went on vacations, he called the church every day. He was twenty four seven a pastor. 
first, and then he was the family, you know, but it was nonstop with Pastor Ron. I think we, I think, and I know that. And I'm not saying that was good. I think that was bad. I I hear pastors now, they have sobriety. I mean, they, what are those called? I hope so. Not sobriety. (laughs) (laughs) All these pastors getting sober these days. What's it called when you you Uh, don't? It's called. uh, Does it start with the S? Because you want to get the first letter. Sabbatical. Sabbatical. Where they just take a break for a month. Yep. Uh, I think that's very, very healthy. Yes. I um. So I used to be kind of like Pastor Ron, where everything, like especially with my older boys, the ones James' uh, age, mm-hmm. I was just like 100% church all the time. Vacations were youth camp, and vacations were this retreat and all this stuff. And then now I'm just I'm I'm backing up a little bit, and you know, and just realizing. That man, my kids need me at home as much as the people at church need me, right. and I have to find that balance. You do, uh, yeah. so it's so important. Yeah, it's really important. Have a relationship with your boys. Yeah, for, for yeah, and because uh, I and then Luke, he's sixteen now, but he changed. He changed the way I seen things. Uh, he was probably five or six years old, uh, and you know, trying to be the youth pastor and do all the things. And and he told me he goes, and I was working a lot of hours trying to climb the corporate ladder and be youth pastor at the same time. So I had all these things going on in my life. And he told me one day, he goes, Dad, you have time for church, you have time for work, but you don't have time for me. I know. And I was Bad. just like, oh. Mm. You know, he could have just like but stabbed me in my heart. Yeah, you know. And so, so what'd you do? So we went fishing that next weekend. Hey. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it took time. You know, it took time to reprogram yeah, my, my, myself and all that, those type of things. Uh, but I, w- I was thinking that I see Stacy up there, and he's such a carbon copy of his dad. Yeah. Um, and like, how much, how much did we miss for him not getting behind the pulpit? Like when he spoke on Mother's Day. Yeah. Like, man, I just when he speaks, I listen. You know, because he's just one of those 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 guys for me. Anyways, I don't know if it's for everybody, but that when he speaks, I listen because he has a way of capturing my attention mm-hmm. uh, and like how much wisdom over the years that we did not get from him because he, you know not called or just decided not to um, you know step behind that pulpit a little bit more and hopefully he'll get some more opportunities because I, oh, I, I enjoy so I enjoy listening to him because mm-hmm. uh, he's a great he's a great speaker a communicator he, well yeah he's a perfectionist he yeah. he's Makes it organized, and he's the English minor major. And I, and I think a lot of people like that struggle with it because it has to be perfect all the time. Mm. And yeah. I remember as a young minister, it was for me the same way. Like I would go over it, over it, oh, exhausting, over it, and over it, and over it. And then on the way home, I would listen to it, and my my family were like, "Like it's enough! Like we've already heard it a hundred <laughs> times." And I preached it in the mirror seventy yeah. times, and then yeah. we watch it on the way home, and they're just like, "Please don't like make us endure it anymore." Um, but you're critiquing yourself, critiquing myself, and to trying be better, to, to be better and better. There's nothing wrong with that. There's not, but I would. It would it, it's overdone. You know, okay. and so I had to find a place where, like, after this date, I'm not changing it anymore. It's yeah. going to be, yeah, it is, is what it line. is. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, there's other ministers that, like, they're like Sunday morning, they're like tweaking it, uh-huh. and they're right before they go up there. Yeah. So I'm trying to, you know, find that place and not being such a perfectionist. And, um, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know if it, which one's better. But it works a little bit better for me and my family. I, I think I'm you need a such, little of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah. I, you know, because I think as Pentecostals, 
we're so liberal at certain things, like, oh, the Holy Spirit will just, you know, it'll move how he moves. And, you know, I'll just go up there and I'll just read this verse and just let the Holy Spirit take over. Mm, I mean, I think that God has given us the ability to study and prepare, and and we should. And then if the Holy Spirit moves and takes it a different direction, Mm -hmm. having having to be that, have that um, sensitivity to be able to, to let it move. But I think we really need to be prepared a lot more than some you know, full gospel preachers yeah. sometimes are. So I don't know. All right, yeah. mom, what's next for you? You're you've retired, right? Yeah. She's retired. Well, Semi retired. Okay. So my, my goal in life is the Great Commission. And so I always want opportunities to share Jesus or just to be Jesus to people around me. So I can't just sit at the house. Mm. I gotta get out. So I'm gonna try to substitute teach or sub sub drive a bus. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any like you know as, uh, you know, when you're in your 20s, 20s not so much, and you get in your 30s and you realize, man, um, I didn't start early enough. I didn't, um, you know, start preparing as far as, like, saving enough. Then you get in your 30s, you oh, got to get a little bit more focused. And then you get in your 40s, you're like, okay, crud. Mm-hmm. Like, now I have to get serious. And so you begin to really, like, put major goals out there. So when you get to that next part of your life, do you have, like, like life goals of like saying, Hey man, now that I've kind of accomplished some of the things that I I set out for, is there, is there something out there that you like, this is really what I want to accomplish in this next phase of my life or you just, yeah, I just, I really want to lead people to Christ. Yeah. (laughs) I like want to see people get saved. And then I love getting together with my girlfriends and going on trips. That was really fun. So I want to do more of that. Yeah. More paddle boarding. Well, whatever. With Kelly Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might go to Utah next because there's hey. a lake up there, and it's I think it's dry right now, so we'll have to wait till. We're at in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's one lake. In lake. Utah. Um, man, what is that lake? I can't remember that. Name I can't remember. I lake saw... Utah. No, no, no. no, no. It's um, in. So I watched this uh, YouTube channel called Matt's Off Road Recovery. Uh-huh. And uh, he, they've been talking about this lake, the Lake Powell. Is it Lake Powell? I don't remember. Um, anyways, uh, this lake um, that they've never seen in their entire life be totally dry like it is Oh, now. then it is. Yeah. Yes, because they just, Caroline was saying that. It's totally dry. And yeah. did they find dead bodies in it or something? Oh, I'm probably, probably sure. Yeah, sure. I think she was, they were, or Kelly. Kelly Anderson. Kelly was, Anderson. Maybe it was her that said that, but somebody was saying, yeah, they're finding dead bodies. It's so empty. and I'm sure you'll find a body or two. But you know, that lakes, happened you know. over in Israel. You know, the uh, Sea of Galilee got so dry and low that they found the original boats that mm-hmm. they had in Jesus' time, and they dug them up carefully and pulled them out, and we got to see original boats from back in Jesus' day, mm-hmm. yeah, which was cool. cool. But now they say it's all filling up. Right now, it's all filled up. Where in, in Utah Israel. or Israel? In Israel. In Israel. I guess Israel. we're getting the drought now. Yeah. Because um, our country's full of sin. Yeah. Well, we're going through disease, famine. You think it's? In, you, I think this is interesting. Like God promises, you know, His promise with the rainbow and all that stuff. Like, okay, we'll never flood again. Yeah. And now we're the opposite. Yeah. Like it's just everything's drying up. He's like, okay, I won't flood you, but we'll take it away. I don't know, man. We seasons change. A couple of years right. ago, we had so much water, we didn't right. know what to do with. Yeah, but that's it, that's regional, though. It's yeah. regional. But, but this is 
our whole country. Yeah, I think we're seeing like big time drought. drought going through over the last five years or really like major drought going through. This year, the, for sure. Yeah, so I don't know. Pretty interesting. So we want to reach the Lord, uh, the world for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And my whatever I'm doing, my neighbors, my kids, I just want to be there was, for them. If my dad was here again, he would have made that noise again. Yeah. <sighs> So she's always got neighbors coming well, over. I she's think that's <laughs> got to be the bottom line is we reach out to the people God puts in our paths. And so if it's my students on my bus or if it's, I'm hoping to get back in the classroom and, yeah. you know, take an opportune moment. Cause if they ask you, it's legal to answer them. Right. Well, that's good. And you know, I'll have kids ask me stuff. Yeah. And they, isn't it funny how those kids know? Like, yeah, they know. They, they, they know but the difference between. I like noticed a my junior team. high kids, none of them went to church and they didn't even know common everyday things and they were already fornicating. Yeah, so and using I was deep water. Like, I, the deep water uh, no, it was Fairmont Junior High. Was it? But I was that getting. That makes sense, Fairmont. I was getting apartment <laughs> kids. Right. That, Polos. Probably the poorest apartment in Deer Park, Falls of Deer Park. And um, those people are struggling, you know. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, uh, I think a, a lot of times when, um, and I want to get back to something that you referred to uh, uh, a little bit because I kind of hits home for me. But a lot of times when uh, I heard the story about, you know, the, this lady, she was just like really passionate about reaching her community for the Lord. And she was just like, she felt like that she had reached out like to everybody that she knew and she, to her job and to her community and her apartment complex. And she was just like, mm-hmm. God, where else do you want me to go? Like, I feel like that my reach is like, I've reached out, you know? Uh, and uh, so he would, she would just begin to pray God, just like begin to open up opportunities uh, for me. And, uh, and then she said one day that she was at this coffee place that she always went through. She was at the drive through and uh, the, the lady said, Hey, you know, I, when you come through here, I always hear you listening to Christian music. And uh, so she got the opportunity to begin to minister to this lady every time that she went to the... the there you go, And yeah. then she started this new ministry, like, just to, like, speak into these people's lives at every yes. drive-thru that she went through. There you go. And I think that it's, like, really cool, like, sometimes that we think that we've overreached, you know, places and oh, no. we, we haven't reached, you know, everything, but God, begin to just reach out and then let God just open up new opportunities and stuff. You know, time is short. And I noticed with my bus kids... They want to be loved. Those junior high kids. So every rule, every little thing, I'd always say, now this is because Miss Nissen loves you, <laughs> and I don't want you to get hurt or to hurt somebody else. So the bottom line is Jesus love and letting them know that you love them. Um, and, and, and and you probably heard me talk about this. You know, you talk about mental health for a while, and I, and I struggle with some ADHD and some different things, you know, some learning is- issues and different things like that. Were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed as dyslexic. Because well, they didn't no. do that well, my day. Well, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was not d- diagnosed. Sandra is a diag. Right, so she diagnosed she, you? For sure. Okay. And and she was the reason why she got in. I was the reason why she got into the field. Like, she's she seen the oh. way we we talked and then the way that, they yeah. kind of they David put me just in taking credit for her career. No, she was she, she would tell you, she would tell you this. She was already in she was already teaching and she yeah. decided to go back to school and 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 do some other things. Yeah. But um, you know, I, they, they didn't have a whole lot for for guys like me that mm-hmm. was 
I consider myself super smart, but I was lacking in some other areas, right? Mm-hmm. And they would just put you in the classes with the, the kids that were in wheelchairs and would be slobbering and different things like that. So I had this, like, identity crisis. Like, on one hand, like, I was killing it in math. I was, a, you know... Um, a star football player, a star uh, baseball player. And mm-hmm. so I have these two identities, like, man, I'm a star on this area. And then I'm now I'm, I'm, I'm really dumb. Um, and I can't say the word cause I always get in trouble, but I was, uh, mentally challenged because okay. that was the, the room that I had to go do in for reading and different special things like needs. that, special needs instead of the way they do it now. So I really had this identity crisis of who I really was. Mm-hmm. And then the enemy used that mm-hmm. instead of him saying, hey, you, you're a star because half of my life I was a star. I was a star on the football field. I was a star on the baseball field. I was a star in other areas of you know, math and different things like that. But then here I was challenged in a whole lot of areas. Um, you, you, you mentioned that a few times. How did you kind of work through those things because in like our era we like there was not a whole lot yeah. of help either you did or you didn't yeah. you know well i um How it was through reading the bible yeah i feel like reading the bible every day has healed my my brain my everything it just constantly filling me with the word of god has healed me yeah and i started reading it um i went on a my parents sent me to colorado when we lived in uh when we moved to Houston for a survival two-week thing with a Christian group called Navigators. And uh, they challenged us in physically and then mentally and spiritually. And one of the things we did at the end was to promise to read our Bible every day when we came home. So I was um, 16, and I remember uh, it was a struggle to just pick up a King James Bible and try to read it, yeah. you know? and. Mm-hmm. And the wording was all weird. So then my dad gave me a living word Bible. And that was very helpful. And so I started trying to do that. But, you know, you hit in the Old Testament, sometimes those stories, like some of them are gory. And some of them are like where they're chopping that his wife up in pieces and sending them Mm -hmm. out to the, oh, my gosh. Um, Just so then when (laughs) I still every day read my Bible, read my Bible. For sure, Proverbs every day. It just healed me. I'm, I'm not Proverbs, kidding you. Proverbs, the gospel, the a Psalms. Psalms every day. So now, I've for years now, since I was 26, I've been year, reading the one-year Bible. So every year, I've read through the Bible. And first, it was the New International Version. Oh, a girl. And so I'm 26, 59. Well, anyway, so about 30 years. years. Yeah. Yes. And that's what's healed me. Yeah. And I think that's super important because I never realized that until you just said that because my mom will tell me, she was just like, David, it's just a miracle to hear you get up in front of yeah. the, the, I would uh, never the church yeah. and read your, read the Bible like that. Because I tell you, when I was having, like, if they said, David, you have to stand up and read something. Yeah. And, and like, me too. I was just like, sweat. And they're like, me are you too. okay? Do you need to go to the nurse? I'm like, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> if that would get me out of reading this in class right now, uh-huh. yeah, I'm sick. I know. You know. The teachers would know right away. I was sweet and well-behaved. Mm-hmm. But they would learn real quick. And I did well in math, like yeah. you were saying. But the English, the social studies, the government, the history, no. Yeah. And if I had to read... It was going to take a while, blah, 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 uh, blah, yeah. you know, and I never would totally understand it. As soon as I read it, I had no idea what I just read. Mm-hmm. Books were just black and white blob to me Yeah. when they came out with color books. Like, so my, my grandmother did send me 
book of the month when I was in elementary that were colorful and beautiful books. And those were good. And I would read yeah, you I just know, have to take the, the ruler school, and stay online yeah, because yeah. I would get all confused. <laughs> well, when you're in high school and those books don't have pictures, and yeah. Yeah, it's like, how do you get any context clues? How do you? It was hard. Yeah, I'd read, and it was just like. So before we wrap up here, just just touch on that a little bit. Talk to us, some young ladies out there that might be struggling in certain areas, if it's, if it's like learning disabilities or whatever, and just speak into their life before we leave. To young ladies. Young ladies, yep. Well, of all young ladies, save yourself till you get married. And you're not stupid. And read your Bible every day so you can be wise. And if you want wisdom, you ask God for it and he gives it to you. Read Proverbs every day. Read Proverbs 31 if you want to be a great woman. Um, just don't get your love from other people. Get it from God first and concentrate on giving it out. That's good. Give love, and then you'll be loved back in a respectful way. You know, don't try to get it physically. Get it verbally from you being loving and kind to other people. And I guess that would be what I'd say. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and and so. wives that, and girls that are married now, you need to build up your husbands and be good wives. Read your Bible every day first thing before the kids get up and your husband gets up. So you are ready to be the mom and the wife that you need to be. And I'm a living testimony of just that. Listen, I was a crappy husband. Mm. I was terrible. When I, when, I, when I made the transition back into church, I, had, I carried a lot of baggage over from the streets and living uh, 10 years of, of, of sin. And Sandra loved me like the man that she wanted to be married to. Mm. And she That's would so encourage good. me. And she would, because, she would, you know, she would, she would see what I couldn't see. Yeah, and she would speak that into my life, and she would just and, and as much as I treated her like she was just another girl out there in the club, and I would you know, um, she would just continue to speak life to me and love me like nobody would love me, and it it made me want to love her the way she loved me. Well, I did not do that. I will admit I was the worst <laughs> wife. My husband and I argued about everything. I'm gonna say we didn't argue. Oh, but but. <laughs> My parents didn't want to be around us sometimes because we would argue about. I'll just say the last I don't know fifteen years or so, maybe more. I've been trying to be a good wife and build my husband up. It's so important. That's yeah. They need it. That's what we're supposed to do is build them up. Even if they don't say yes to everything we want to do, we just have to suck it up, pray for God to help us, (laughs) and then just. We have to build our husbands up. Yeah, and I think that's hard. Like, I, I, as I see it, you know, when I see Sandra submit to me, um, it's, f- for me, seeing somebody as strong and as brilliant and and uh, as Sandra, for her to be able to, she, she doesn't submit to very many people, and to watch her willingly su- submit to me, it puts a lot of pressure on me as a, as a husband and a father to make sure that I'm always trying to do the right thing and make yeah. the right decision. Yeah. Um, it's a big deal for me, you know, and, it should be. <laughs> and I think that because she does that and that we don't always agree, I try to take what she's telling me and try to make the best decision because I take being a, a godly husband and a godly father serious. Um, but sometimes it's not what she wants or what would be yeah. the decision that, and then to see her go, okay, I'm going to trust you on this. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because more times than not, we do agree 
and then more times than not that I get it right than I get it wrong, be, not because of my own understanding, because my understanding through yeah. the gospel, yes. you know, and through yeah. the, the wisdom the Lord has given me. Yeah. Well, if you can get that in your relationship, I tell right. everybody that best. Sandra and I have an yeah. amazing relationship yeah. everywhere. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, all those things that I mean, and it's are, because of God. It is. Yes, it's because we mm-hmm. allow God. There's the whole pyramid thing, and, and and I know it's been an hour and thirty minutes. Oh, it has. Yeah, <laughs> and and, uh, and we've had some. We're all good. Yeah, we, it's the whole pyramid thing. Like, if you look at a pyramid, the the bottom two angles are on the ground, and that's the husband and wife. And the closer the closer that you uh, get to God, the mm-hmm. closer you come together. Right. That's awesome. It's the, yeah. the top of the point of the pyramid. And I think that's that's the recipe for a relationship. It is. Like keeps keep getting striving after a God and then you and your spouse. Yeah. You and your husband and wife will come together. That's right. Yep. There you go. Well, thanks for coming. We've had lots of great thanks. laughs and I, it's, it's it's all that I thought it would be. Okay. And I had a, I had a great time. So thanks <laughs> for coming too. by. Thanks, thanks for coming, mom. And we love you. Refuge Project.